0: Bring us in.
1: Hi, and welcome to On and Off, our podcast covering the on-premise and off-premise beverage alcohol industry. I'm Melissa Dowling, editor of Cheers.
0: And I'm Kyle Swartz, editor of Beverage Dynamics Magazine. Today we're gonna to be talking about vodka. It is, no surprise, the leading category with 32.5% share of all distilled spirits in the U.S. Vodka was up 1.2% in 2019, reaching nearly 76 million nine-liter cases.
1: Yeah, no matter what, people never really stopped drinking vodka. You know, Even when it wasn't considered cool by um, the craft and classic cocktail fans, as an industry saying goes, you know vodka pays the bills. You know, bars sell tons of it, mostly in vodka, sodas and vodka tonics, vodka cranberry, um the whole vodka and whatever category. Um, it's actually number two in our research after the margarita. Um, but we are seeing more craft cocktails today that that use vodka, and that's something that didn't happen you know not that long ago. But it's really impossible to talk about anything these days without considering the COVID-19 impact. You know, it's my understanding that consumers stocked up heavily on vodka for the quarantining this this past spring. So what are the stores seeing now?
0: Well, you're, you're absolutely right that during the initial stock up in spring, vodka sold like gangbusters. You know, I talk regularly to retailers across the country, and they're telling me that They really just could not order enough vodka, pallets and pallets of it just coming in and going right out the door. Um, And you know, this was especially at the beginning, but I'm hearing the trend is continuing even now uh, because of the at-home mixology movement like you were talking about. Vodka has really made its mark in mixology uh, this year in particular. You know, people are buying large format bottles of name brand vodkas like Tito's and Kettle One. uh, And you know, this has not slowed down at all because of the mixology movement. With so many bars and restaurants still closed, obviously we had some reopenings and then we're having some reclosings. uh, People are becoming mixologists in their own home, Uh, but they're still finding cocktail making to be kind of intimidating. So we're seeing a lot of consumers going for more basic cocktails. Again, hence why vodka uh, fits into this trend so perfectly. You know, I'm talking about three to four ingredient cocktails and vodka obviously allows for a large number, probably infinite number of cocktails that you can make. You know, something nice and easy, light and refreshing, something that can help you end another day spent working from home. So I don't see this trend ending anytime soon. It seems like vodka is really fueling the at-home mixology movement right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And another trend that we've been seeing is some of the the bigger brands like um, Absolute, uh, Smirnoff, and Kettle One in particular have started these um, botanical lines that are you know, all natural flavors, low calorie, no added sugar, and really tapping into, you know, the whole better for you movement. And something like that is really easy to just mix with some soda some fresh fruit and, uh, you know, kind of boom, you're a mixologist at home. But uh, you mentioned Tito's earlier, Um, you know, Tito's has really managed to steal a lot of thunder, especially from the imported vodka brands. And, you know, as a call vodka in the bar, you know, give me a Tito's and soda or, a, you know, <laughs> a Tito's, whatever. Um, but the imports do still convey like high quality. They're made, typically made from premium ingredients. They have companies with long histories of distilling experience. Exactly. A lot of them tout their exceptional water sources. Um, You know, I I think with martinis, vodka on the rocks, or things like that, people will probably specify an import or a luxury brand. But, you know, what are the stores seeing in in terms of imported vodkas?
0: You know, imported vodka sales are still kind of on a slight decline, I believe maybe down about 1% last year. And again, this is because of the boom in U.S. craft vodka. U.S. craft vodka has really stolen the uh, theme of premium quality from imported vodka, it used to be, as you were saying, it used to be that people saw uh, imported vodkas as premium vodkas, as top shelf vodkas, and U.S. vodkas is kind of more mid-tier to lower-tier vodkas, but the U.S. craft movement has completely flipped that, and people now see U.S. vodkas as premium vodkas. Uh, Part of this also owes to, of course, U.S. craft vodka, like Tito's, has so effectively tapped into the American-made trend. So a lot of people are now also buying U.S. craft vodka simply because they see it as U.S. brands and they want to buy U.S. Uh, That said, you know, as you were saying, we're still seeing a small rise in craft imports uh, certain brands, brands like, let's say, Broken Shed or Chopin, that I think do a a really good job of communicating to the consumer their craft qualities and their provenance. You, know, you were talking about how they all have these pristine water sources but a lot of them are now also pointing out you know the farm fields they come from the natural soils uh, <laughs> natural soils you know <laughs> what i mean the excellent soils as opposed to unnatural soils <laughs> excellent, <The> excellent soils. <laughs> <laughs> the excellent soil sources so i i think frankly these brands are taking a cue from the craft american brands and figuring out that if you put an emphasis on quality on provenance, on craft, then it's more likely um, you'll connect with the American consumer. Uh, And, and, you know, another thing you were talking about was this move towards botanical, all natural vodkas. And that's another thing that we're seeing much more from the imported brands. I believe you brought up Svedka. Svedka has been an excellent brand in this category recently. Um, You know, they're they're part of the whole move towards flavored vodka in general. You know, we all remember the days of uh, Confectionery flavored vodka, the cupcake vodkas, the ice cream vodkas, the whipped cream vodkas. Whipped cream, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which kind of looked cool at the time, but then quickly turned into shelf turds because they were overmade and underbought, and probably some of those are still collecting dust on shelves. Uh, but now you have flavored vodkas that, instead of a sugary focus, to have, as you were saying, this all-natural and locally made focus. Svedka this year launched pure infusions, which have zero grams of sugar, zero grams of fat zero grams of carbs uh, and only 70 calories per uh, serving you know and the flavors here are strawberry guava ginger lime dragon fruit melon you know that's a far cry from the birthday cake vodkas of past Uh, and you know obviously we also see this trend a lot in u.s craft vodka who you know really invented the trend of the uh, flavored craft vodka uh deep eddie another killer craft brand out of austin was uh, one of the original crab vodkas to make it big, thanks to all-natural flavors. You know, a a relatively newer one that I like is Dixie Southern Vodka, which ties into a a local southern theme, again, the all-American theme, uh, with all-natural ingredients. For instance, their Dixie Peach Vodka sources peaches from Lane Southern Orchards in Georgia, while Dixie Mint uses mint grown by Dawn and Nelson Gardens in Louisville.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think I mentioned Svedka, but you're right. They, I think, they were the most recent to launch one of those botanical brands, so they're they're kind of top in mind top of mind because we just saw that in the news. Yeah, but it's it's really hard. There's so many different flavors and expressions. You know, it's certainly hard to um, find the shelf space for them. But even harder on-premise because there's only so much room on the back bar. Yeah. So, you know, bartenders have to be really selective about what flavors they're going to stock. Um, so most will carry a citrus flavor, uh, you know, Cosmopolitans, and they're just very versatile. Uh, the Spicy chili pepper kind of flavors tend to get a lot of attention. And you know, I can't well. drink
0: those. I can't drink the spicy chili anything. For whatever reason, that just wrecks my palate.
1: That's so funny. I mean, it's it, you've got to know what you're doing with them. But in a more savory drink, like a, a Bloody Mary, of course, um you know, in the right hands, they can be very, uh, really good. I also they, don't
0: drink Bloody Marys.
1: Okay, what? Well, so they're not for you. I'm <laughs> just off on this. <laughs> they're guy. not for you. <laughs> But they tend to get a lot of attention, you know, when you see is some of the more adventurous people be like, you know, what, what is this chili flavor? I gotta try that. Um, but speaking of flavor, the the TTB, which also known as the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau.
0: Also known as a thorn in everyone's side. <laughs>
1: you know, they can edit
0: that out or leave that in. I don't <laughs>
1: So in May, they kind of quietly amended the definition of vodka. You know, the TTB standards of of identity previously stated that vodka is without distinctive character, aroma, taste, or color. But, you know, they agreed that that requirement of vodka, you know, that it is without distinctive character, taste, uh, or smell, or color, no longer reflects consumer expectations and should be eliminated. So, I mean, it's really not going to make a big difference for most people, especially consumers, but, um, you know, there are subtle differences in vodka flavors depending on what it's made of and where. So, you know, maybe it's somewhat helpful that TTB at least acknowledges that in its definition.
0: And you know, for anyone not familiar with the alcohol industry, and I'm, I'm not really sure why you're listening to this podcast, if you're not familiar with the alcohol industry, but, the, the, the TTB and definitions uh, don't normally go in the same sentence. Uh, normally we have a lot of people uh, wondering when the TTB is gonna lay down more definite definitions for pretty much any category. So it's good here that they're uh, kind of starting to uh, make something more definite in this category.
1: Yeah, because they're really, I mean, it's kind of before I was in the industry. I thought it was sort of a, a joke. I remember editing a vodka tasting and looking at the descriptors, being you know, are you serious? <laughs> I did a. I found myself with a lot of vodka on on hand a couple of years ago, so I did an informal tasting with you know some family members um, a few years ago, and. And once we got going, it was really interesting to see what people were picking up in terms of, you know, the different aromas and flavors. And side by side, they really are so different. And the one that, you know, scored the highest in our prestigious tasting was actually one of the more mass market brands. It was really surprising to me. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of finding yourself with a lot of vodka on your hands, boy, do I have a lot of vodka on my hands right now. I think I probably should do one of those tastings. Uh, and, you know, shout out to Western Sun Vodka, which recently dropped off a ton of different brands, of their brands at my house, uh, including a lot of very interesting flavored variants. So uh, I'll probably be tasting those soon. I'll report back. But that's another wonderful craft of vodka brand, Western Sun, that's doing great straight vodkas and great uh, flavored vodkas. Definitely recommend that you check them out. Uh, And, you know, we're on the topic of tastings here. You know, uh, know, obviously the way consumers, a lot of consumers end up uh, trying these brands is either through bartenders recommending them, a little bit harder now, or through the tastings that take place at uh, retail stores. But, you know, that's become more difficult because of COVID-19. Holding an in-store tasting is impossible, if not illegal now, due to the pandemic. Uh, So instead of that, you're seeing a lot of savvy brands and retailers holding virtual tastings on Zoom. Instagram Live, Facebook Live, et cetera. Commonly, this is a store employee or brand rep making a series of cocktails with the featured spirit. Uh, obviously, consumers can't really, again, be in-person tasting them, so they're encouraged to buy the products ahead of time and participate in the cocktail making and tasting in real time. It's kind of interesting that it's hand-selling before the fact rather than in the moment. It's kind of a weird uh, twist on uh, the, the role of hand-selling during the uh, pandemic. You know, it's, and this is not a vodka brand, but one brand that I think does a superb job of social media tastings is um, this brand called 21 Seeds Tequila. It's a woman owned brand out of the West Coast, and they're at the forefront of everything social media. Uh, You know, if you want to take a look at a brand that's really doing things well, really connecting with the consumer virtually through tastings, definitely check out 21 Seeds. Uh, And they're also um, very much at the forefront of another trend I'm seeing right now. Uh, which is that brands are making content ahead of time for retailers, offering the content, these videos and prepackaged content to the retailers who are too busy to do all of their own marketing, of course, with COVID-19. There's all these new responsibilities that retailers have. So I think the savvier brands are now just coming up with this digital social media ready content, giving it to the retailers so that they can just easily share with uh, their customers. And I'm writing about this subject right now for Beverage Dynamics website. So keep an eye out for that article.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is a great strategy to get your your brand out there. Um, you know, in, because I'm a helpful person since you have all this vodka on your hands and don't know what to do with it, um we have some uh, really good vodka recipes in the June July issue of Cheers cuz Oh, definitely also- check them out. Yeah, they, there's also a vodka feature and like the one the Cocktail on the cover is just gorgeous. It's it's called the Carriage Club. And it's made with Tito's vodka, uh, like a fresh berry uh, syrup or something, mascarpone, I think, uh, red wine and lemon. It's it, that one's probably not for you. That's that sounds complicated, <laughs> but it's really pretty. And uh, that's from the Monarch Cocktail Bar in Kansas City. And they also have something. Interesting, called Kansas City Ice Water, which is basically a hybrid vodka soda and gin and tonic, um, you know, with some sherry and crafty stuff. But uh, it's so popular there that the bar actually kegs it for quick service. So there, there are a lot of really cool things you can do with vodka today that, that that people didn't really care about just a few years ago. So um,
0: Absolutely. And, you know, as long as we're talking about vodka cocktails, I'll just say, you know, my, my favorite vodka cocktail, and it's a very simple one, and this comes from someone who's a, a mass hole born and bred, you know, in my heart. Shout out to South Shore. But, uh, you know, I'm a Cape Codder guy. I just like vodka and cranberry juice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, before years ago, I was going to say before Cheers, but even before that, I was vodka soda with a, a, a splash of cranberry. Sure. Um, you know, the only problem is it just becomes your default, especially if there's no drink menu. Um, and I think a lot of cocktail bars have, didn't have vodka drinks on their menu, to sort of break people out of that vodka uh, and whatever, or rum and Coke, things like that. So I think now that craft cocktails are a little bit more mainstream, they've kind of relaxed on that and are introducing more vodka drinks, you know, the basics and the the more craftier things. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to us on On and Off.
0: Ed, thank you very much. Look forward to our next episode and uh, cheers to you all.
1: Cheers.